0: Welcome to the Pivot Podcast. Join us each week as we bring you something new. Interviews with experts and inspiring guests, and panel discussions where we'll bring in diverse perspectives about trending business topics. Whether you're seeking inspiration or a way to reframe your future, we're glad you're joining us for this week's episode of Pivot. Welcome to the Pivot Podcast. My name is Alexandra Balistrieri, and I'm here with my Pivot Discovery co-founder and Pivot co-host, Kimberly Tilley. Today, we're profiling the futuristic strength from the StrengthsFinder. StrengthsFinder is an assessment based on a 40-year study created by Gallup. It's a common language of 34 talents in humans organized into four domains, executing, relationship building, influencing, and strategic thinking. If you're new to StrengthsFinder, we encourage you to listen to our season two kickoff episode where we give you an overview about why StrengthsFinder is such a powerful tool for personal and professional development.
1: Today's strength is futuristic in the strategic thinking domain. Strengths in this domain help individuals analyze the world, and it's an internally facing strength. People who have the futuristic strength are visionary, imaginative, and inspiring. Futuristic ranks number 16 of the 34 strengths in the world population. And remember that the same strength is used differently from one person to the next, and it can be influenced by their other strengths, their values, their environment, and many other things.
0: And today we brought together a panel, all of whom share this strength in their top five to talk about how they use this strength in their daily lives. So starting with Kristen, can you introduce yourself and share a little bit about who you are?
2: Sure, thank you so much, Kimberly and Alexandra. My name is Kristen Sherry. Personally, I live in Charlotte, North Carolina, mom of four and I'm married to a wonderful man named Xander. Professionally, I'm the creator of the UMAP Career Profile, which is a tool to help people uncover their four pillars of career fit. And I'm also an author of career books and self-development books and books for children.
1: Terrific, thank you, Kristen.
3: Lily, how about you? Could you introduce yourself? Absolutely. And thank you for having me, Kimberly and Alexandra. Uh, I'm Lily Souk, and my background is I spent most of my professional life in pharmaceuticals. I'm based in Southern California, and in my free time, I enjoy traveling, being outdoors with my dog, and when I can, go deep sea fishing. Deep sea fishing. Wow. I usually throw that in because it's a surprise factor for a lot of people. But yeah, I've enjoyed doing it. Fishing most of my life, deep sea fishing since college.
1: What's the biggest fish you ever caught?
3: Oh gosh, probably a 20 pounder from off of Cabo San Lucas. Whoa,
0: 20 pound fish. That's such a fun hobby. (laughs) Thank you for sharing (laughs) And Young Jung, how about you? Could you introduce yourself and share a little bit about who you are?
4: Oh sure. My name is Young Jung Lee, and I I'm currently a translator for a, a company named Token. They make uh, some uh, Google extension that can help users learn a new language, and I have been a part of a team to make Korean service. And I am a mother of two-year-old boy, and (laughs) I came to the United States with my husband probably two years ago.
1: So we have a really interesting panel. I think we're going to see a lot of variety in how people use the futuristic strength. And just as a heads up, my co-host Alexandra is also somebody who has futuristic in her top five. So she's going to be jumping in now and then and telling us a little bit about how she uses it. So Alexandra, can you tell us a little bit more about the futuristic strength?
0: Definitely. So people who have the futuristic strength are inspired by what could be. They see in detail and are energized by what lies ahead. Sometimes people even view them as prophetic. They often ask, wouldn't it be great if people who have the futuristic strength eye the future to drive today's success.
1: Great, thanks Alexandra. Let me ask our guests, beginning with Lily, how does that description resonate with you? And when do you notice that you're using
3: the strength? To answer the first part of the question, I don't think that for me, the futuristic strength is as traditional as described previously by Alexandra. So as opposed to kind of being inspired by the future, I think I look at the future in more anticipation of future challenges or obstacles to help me achieve my intended goal. In terms of how I end up using it, we recently had wildfires here in Southern California. And I'm not in, in any area where there's a lot of trees, you know, brush, forests, anything like that, highly metro area, and you don't ex- you know, expect to have any type of wildfires to impact our neighborhood or community. But The recent fires got to us so closely. I don't think we were prepared to evacuate predominantly due to the smoke coming from the the mountain fires. I can tell you that we were very close to having to be evacuated. In fact, there was um, a neighbor maybe about a mile down from that community on. They had to be evacuated and and head out to hotels. And we weren't quite prepared for that. I think this futuristic strengthened me. Uh, makes me look forward in terms of okay, how can I handle situa- situations like this a little bit better, and how can I ensure that I'm ready for the next future disaster? And with Southern California, with fires being very commonplace in California, I could be in another situation like that. So I think that strength will help me to do better in the future in terms of tackling that that natural disaster, if you will.
1: That is terrifying that you were that close to the fires. Thank you for that, Lily. Chung can you tell us a little bit about how the description that Alexandra read resonates with you and when you notice that you're using your futuristic strength?
4: Yeah, the part that futuristic people are inspired by what could be uh, resonates with me a lot. I like to picture what I can accomplish like tomorrow or six months or a year later. So that excites me a lot. So every day when I wake up, I like to think, okay, what should I do to make my future better? And I like to imagine how the action will affect my future in general.
1: <laughs> so you're it sounds like you're very intentional and like everything is everything that you're doing is contributing towards whatever your goal is for the future.
4: Yeah, that's correct.
1: Very cool. Kristen. what about you? Tell us how that description resonates with you and how you use your futuristic strength.
2: Really that entire thing (laughs) described me strongly, but the elements that I see show up in my life are really two things. The first is I always am thinking to the future in terms of what I want to accomplish. So it's very goal driven. And then the second thing is I use it as stepping stones. So I think backwards around if I want to be in this future, like what are the stepping stones that I need to lay and so practically speaking, the way I've historically applied it is, is with creating you map what is my vision for you map and for the coaches and for people and I'll write books to support it and I'll create these products. And so I'm always thinking about the future from a product perspective. But when I was working with individual clients, as, as you guys do now, one of the things I could do was show a vision of the future to people and then know the steps they would have to take to get there. And I think that was probably the most practical value that I provided to people because they would come overwhelmed not having clarity around their future and certainly not knowing what steps to take. And so I was able to, it, you know, a lot of times people think about futuristic as this la-la visionary out of touch, but I was able to create those stepping stones to the future, which were really practical steps. So I think sometimes you have people who use the the futuristic and they only dwell in the future, but don't take action. And that's, of course, where the other strengths influence whether or not you act on the future or not. Interesting.
1: And, and could I point out, um, in addition to UMAP, that something special is happening today if you want to tell our audience about that?
2: ah, uh, Yes, I released the most beast of a book <laughs> I've ever written <laughs> at 447 pages and 83,000 words. It's called Maximize 365, A Year of Actionable Tips to Transform Your Life. And of course, the book is exactly what we just talked about, as futuristic being my driver, it's envisioning a future, transform your life and individual stepping stones with each daily entry to get you there. So I never really stopped to think about that until <laughs> this conversation. Well, it's an awesome book. So I had, I, I got
1: a copy in advance and I'm almost through it and it's, it's a fantastic book. So
2: I'm impressed that you've worked through <laughs> a year long <laughs> book in a matter of months that speaks to, uh, to your sense of urgency (laughs) a voracious reader
0: (laughs) (laughs) say a huge congratulations kristen i just think it's absolutely incredible how you have so many books and it seems like you're always coming out with a new one did you is this are you up to your 10th book now
2: Yeah, so I've written 10. I'm starting number 11. And I have seven more plans. So that's where futuristic can cause me some problems as I don't stop projecting into the future.
0: That is so impressive. And I also um, really enjoy the wide range of books, everything from, you know, career books and children's books as well.
2: Yeah, it, there's a common thread, right? If you look at all of my books, it's always to maximize people, which I know we're not talking about maximizer today, but maximizer and futuristic are my two drivers. So, everything I do is about maximizing people's potential. So, it might look like I have a lot of different books, but there's really one thread of relatedness. So, it seems
0: like people definitely use this strength differently, but we do see some common themes like how it helps you guys anticipate the future, it gets you excited. You're always thinking about what you can accomplish next. And um, one thing that I wanted to note is I thought it was really interesting how a couple of you guys touched upon how it helps bring you clarity to the future. So Yang Zheng, how has the futuristic strength benefited you personally or professionally?
4: Well, um, because I focus on the future, I can concentrate on my goal that will lead to the future I envision. So that makes me most Motivated with whatever I'm currently doing. And I was a Korean teacher in my previous work, and my students came from other countries to learn Korean. With my futuristic strength, I tried to encourage them to think about what would happen to their future after they studied Korean hard. And I brought actually several exams to those students. For example, there is a company called Samsung, and they were uh, expanding their factories in Vietnam. A lot of my students were from Vietnam. So I told them they are hiring a lot of Vietnamese interpreters and Vietnamese workers and the pay will be pretty good. And I was trying to encourage my students with my uh, futuristic strength.
1: I think that's so neat that you kind of translated that and applied it for your students. That's really cool.
0: Yeah, and use that strength to kind of bring it out and help draw that out of your students also. And Kristen, how about you? How has the futuristic strength benefited you either personally or professionally?
2: If you look at my progression in my career, futuristic was really instrumental in transitioning careers. So I have a really strange career transition story, which I won't get into, but suffice it to say, I was sitting in a desk as a computer programmer and I wanted to work in learning and development. (laughs) And so that could seem very overwhelming, I suppose. How do you transition to this learning and development space from a technical space? Well, my futuristic said, well, hey, if I go into reporting and analytics, I'll understand the business which will allow me to get into the business, into operations. And once I have business operations experience, they'll be interested in me in learning and development because all of the learning and and development we do is largely for the business users. And so that's exactly what I did. And I was able to map out the path and I had a five-year plan and I think I did it in three. So something like that, maybe it was four. So that, Really, I, at the time, I wasn't really thinking about that, but my futuristic strength was definitely driving that mapping, if you will.
0: And that is quite a change going from computer programming into the learning and development field.
2: Indeed. Um, Although I was always a black sheep in IT, so I was better suited to be in learning and development all along.
0: And Lily, how about you? How has the futuristic strength benefited you personally or professionally?
3: It was kind
2: of interesting
3: going back and looking at the different strengths, my top five strengths, and in particular, when you look at futuristic along with my achiever and strategic strengths, you can see that there's some common, common threads in terms of engaging in laborious projects, stamina to work hard. And I've always kind of viewed myself as somebody who has a very strong work ethic. So um, I believe what these strengths allow me to do is to do well under pressure with a lot of different competing or multiple projects. Given that Alexandra, Kimberly, and I have worked together, I think the two of you probably understand you know, how that has played out in my past training role. Well, I, I think that hel- helps me both in my personal and professional side of being able to get a lot accomplished, delivering quality work and delivering it in a timeliness that is expected by all the different parties. You know, ultimately, I think what the this, this strength does is it helps me to more quickly build trust with others because they know they can count on me to deliver on what I say I'm going to deliver and deliver it on time.
0: Absolutely. And yes, like Lily said, we did used to work together back in the day and I can definitely say that Lily, you are able to take on so many projects and so many different types of projects and you are always able to deliver.
3: Thank you. And I I really think that's kind of the fun in approaching these, uh, these projects is that, you know, when I do have that variety of projects and also a diverse group of people that I'm working with, I absolutely enjoy the process so much more.
0: And one thing that I wanted to call out in addition to the futuristic strength, kind of like what you guys are all talking about, it sounds like you all share some strategic thinking themes too, and have a very hard work ethic, and you guys are able to get a lot done.
1: Alexandra, I would like to hear how the futuristic strength has benefited you personally or professionally.
0: I think that this strength has benefited me in many ways, both personally and professionally just because it really motivates me to create things and make things because I'm able to really vividly see something that's just so awesome and cool in my head. And then the futuristic strength really drives me to make it materialize in real life.
1: That is so cool. So you have a little bit of visualization and a little bit of futuristic (laughs) goal-driven. So unplanned question for you guys. I'm just curious because all of you talked about being very goal-driven and if we just go around the room and and I'll start with Kristen, um, what percentage of your goals would you say that you achieve?
2: All of them. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. I map out the goals that I want to reach in December for the next year and I have to reach them because I'm a full-time author. So as soon as I tell my publisher. I'm going to write these five books this year. I get a contract with deadlines, so I have to reach them. <laughs> I end up achieving some goals, too, that I hadn't planned because I have a workaholic tendency.
1: Okay, so you're at like 110% or so.
2: About, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
1: Yangsheng, what percentage of your goals that you that you create would you say that you achieve?
4: I think maybe almost 80%. <laughs>
1: 80%, wow.
4: Yeah. Except I mean, unless I get sick, I think I mostly get my, I'm, I mostly achieve my goals.
1: <laughs> oh, wow. Lily, how about you? What percentage of your goals would you say you achieve?
3: Can't exactly quantify it, but I'm probably more in the line of what Young Jung is saying, partly because, you know, some of the things, the goals that I'm still working on, you know they're long term right so we have the short term and their long term goals is the long term ones some of them have not been achieved yet but i would say from a, both the personal and professional standpoint yeah majority of them i'm really happy with and some of them it just might take a little bit more time to achieve but i'm fairly confident that i'll be able to achieve them
1: wow alexandra what's your experience How, what percentage of your goals would you say that you achieve
0: oh man that's a good question say it really kind of depends. Like, I think that we all have some goals that are, we're a little bit more excited about achieving than others. So it it really depends. If it's something that I'm really serious about, I, I will achieve it a hundred percent, but then there's always those goals where I'm like, you know, one day I'm going to get really good at Photoshop or like tech savvy. And then like, I think realistically that just does not sound exciting to me. So Hopefully one day I'll achieve that goal, but it will probably, I'm sure other goals will always come in front of it to, to let me uh, procrastinate on that one.
2: Kimberly, can I, can I add in that the goal achievement sometimes depends on who's setting the goals. So if other people were setting my goals, I would not have 100% goal achievement. It's because I set my goals and I set them according to my giftedness and interests I did not achieve 100% of my goals when I worked for other people, just to clarify.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's that's actually a pretty big distinction, though, isn't it?
3: That's really interesting because uh, I can kind of say it would probably be the flip for me. So when it comes to other people being involved and counting on me to achieve the goals and some of them being set before me, I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. I'm going to do it. I can achieve it. I can overachieve it. And that's kind of my mindset of that, especially if somebody else is involved.
0: Is that because like,
3: you don't really want to let the other people down? I think that's a big part of it. Absolutely. And also in terms of, you know, setting that high bar for yourself. So I tend to set very high expectations of myself and I want to make sure that I meet and exceed those. And then some of my more personal ones, to your point, Alexander, the ones that aren't pressing are the ones that I'm most excited about. Those are the ones that probably fall by the wayside and I kind of push off. But by and large, the ones that are you know, pushed down on me, you can bet that I will achieve them, if not exceed them.
1: Absolutely. Well, in coaching, we often talk about underused and overused skills. And if you have a strength and it's underused, You may have the ability to be futuristic in this case, but maybe you don't give yourself the time or the space to do that. Or you might overuse a strength to the point where it isn't beneficial any longer. And when it's overused, people with futuristic strength might be, or they might appear to be dreamy, impractical, or maybe like putting forward ideas that aren't really feasible. So let's start with um, Zheng. Have you ever found that you needed to manage your futuristic strength? And if so, how do you do it?
4: Um, sometimes I overuse my futuristic strength to the point that I'm more focused on the future rather than the present. So Even though there are things to be done at the moment, mostly like some trivial things <laughs> that I don't pay attention to. and then I daydream about what can happen in the future instead of trying to get those like, trivial things done. And not only that, actually, so it was many, many years ago I taught English to Korean students, and actually I was okay with my job. But however, I do maybe if I learn some te- technological skill I do at the time, it would benefit me. So I decided to change my career then because I do, because of my futuristic strength. And my friends at the time, family members, couldn't understand. I mean, you have, uh, let's say, your job is okay. Why do you want to change your job and study again and try to get another job? So I think in the sense, I sometimes overuse my futuristic strength and people sometimes I don't think understand that.
1: (laughs) Maybe maybe it's not so much overusing like I I would probably challenge that and say are you really overusing it or do you just have to explain it to the other people who don't have that ability you know like what you what you would like to do and what your plans are
4: oh that's a good point I think yeah I feel like I have to explain to other people what I'm going to do like for better future (laughs) Yeah. yeah that's really neat
1: Lily, what about you? What's been your experience with that? Have you ever found yourself under or overusing your futuristic skill?
3: I can envision what it looks like with that particular strength being an overdrive for me. So, you know, as, you know, I'm working, there's that kind of fast pace in which I'm working and, you know, just hurrying to try to achieve that future state, right? I'm wondering in the process though, if I'm missing out, I'm not being present, 100% present in what I'm doing currently. And I often wonder if I'm missing out on some of the joy of the process. So, you know, trying to slow down a little bit and enjoying the process more, I think would serve me well. So enjoy the journey, right?
0: That sounds That's right. like what Young Jung said about how sometimes she is also, you know, it is hard to stay within the moment and be present when you have that futuristic outlook on life
1: now that you say that alexandra though it makes me think because futuristic is about like big dreams right and and like dreams of the future and i could see how if you have that ability it makes things that are you know just doing like these random everyday mundane things seem really trivial by comparison i would have to agree with that kristen what's your experience here
2: so I relate to what's been shared already. And I would add one thing. So I do struggle with the present. I'm always thinking what's the next. When I'm writing one book, I'm thinking about the book that I want to be starting. And that's annoying because then I start it and then I get stressed out. The other thing is when I was younger, I would worry about my children. So I would project into the future and worry. So I would worry about my son with dyslexia. I would worry about his future. And it, will that affect his his studies? Will he be able to go to college? And he, that has not been an issue at all. Um, but I used to worry about that sort of thing. So projecting into the future and worrying. And the second way it would show up when I worked for other people is I was told, Kristen, you're, you're thinking too far into the future. We're not there yet. And I was always deterred from thinking ahead. And sometimes you need to think ahead because there are potholes or Niagara Falls that you're about to go over or something like that. But I was often deterred. You're getting ahead of the group. So I would say the presence getting ahead of the group and projecting into the future and worrying, but I don't really struggle with worry anymore.
1: That's really interesting. What you said though, about like being ahead of the group, maybe the group should be where you are, but they're just not. And, and, Does it equal that you should slow yourself down and start thinking, you know, at this very tactical level, or should there be a way for them to speed up and catch up to you?
2: Well, really, I just believed that I should be leading the group. (laughs) 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 And then it wouldn't have been a problem. I say that halfway in jest, but leaders need to be thinking six months, a year, three years, five years ahead of, of the team. Because if no one knows where things are going, you don't really have a vision. So that's really a challenging thing when you have a lot of thinking strengths like strategic and futuristic and and things like that to be an individual contributor because you're you're thinking in this visionary way and people don't expect that from you in your role. So it can be very frustrating.
1: Yeah. Without vision, the people perish, right?
0: Mm Mm-hmm. I would have to agree with that. And it's, it's interesting because I think that sometimes it is really good to be able to have that futuristic outlook because it will determine whether or not the things that you're planning now really make sense. So like you said, if you can see the potholes in front of you, then maybe what you're thinking about doing right now isn't exactly right at the moment, or there could be a switch or, you know, it's just maybe not the right plan at the time. This has been so interesting and helpful. Can we go around the room and share a tip for people who don't have this strength in their top five? But Lily, why don't we start with you?
3: Whether it be someone living with me or working with me, I'd probably share that I might be setting a fast pace for myself, but I don't expect others to match my pace. Interesting.
0: Young Jung, how about you? Could you share a tip for people who don't have the strength in their top five?
4: Well, one habit that makes me a futuristic person is that so as soon as I wake up, I like to think about what I can for today. Like I like to have a moment to like envision the future. And that makes me I think more creative and then energetic. Also when I have some free time or just I'm driving, for example. i think it's really helpful like to think about all the possibilities about the future what i can do what stuff like that and sometimes i get some good ideas and come up with good ideas to achieve goals for my future just in the middle of daydreaming
1: (laughs) i love that youngjong because that's something like i don't have futuristic in my top five but that's something i could completely adopt like just spend a few minutes in the morning thinking about what I could achieve for today that gets to my long-term goals. That's a really good tip.
0: Also to just daydream. I love that encouragement.
4: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I find, I find, I think it's really fun. (laughs) And Kristen,
0: how about you? Could you share a tip with us?
2: Sure. So you might not naturally think futuristically, but you can use prompts for yourself that can engage that type of thinking. So whether you're planning your professional development for the next year, whether you're planning for the next step in your career, or whether you're planning personally for some of your family goals, for example, you can ask yourself three questions. What's going well that I can leverage? What would I like to see different, better, or more of? And what's one thing I would like to change? And so That is a future-focused, positive, future-focused, solution-oriented question set. And the third question, what's one thing I would like to change or see different, better, more of, helps you prioritize. If it's not clear to you to see those stepping stones, those questions can effectively lead you forward.
1: You know, I think a lot of our, our happiness depends on the questions that we ask ourselves. I agree.
0: So Alexandra, do you have a tip to share with us? Sure. If you're looking to upskill in the futuristic strength, I would recommend that you take some time to truly visualize what it is you wanna see come to life. So this can totally apply to anything, whether it be a career or a concept or a painting, you're building something, creating a space, Whatever it is, just think about all the aspects of it from big picture all the way down to the details and think about what you need to really make it happen and how the end product will look. And I think that if you're able to imagine it, you're going to become really excited about it and then you're going to want to execute on it.
1: So just out of curiosity, do you start with the big picture and then go to the tiny details like start macro and go to micro or the opposite way?
0: All the time. Whether it's we're working on a business concept together or we're working on a workshop or I'm working on a painting, I'm always going to block in the big shapes first and like just the big, big key concepts, big milestones, big deliverables, and then I'll go down in and fill in all the little details.
1: That's fantastic. So our guests today have been Kristen Sherry, Yongzheng Li, and Lily Sook. Check out our show notes to learn more about each of our guests. And if you enjoy the show, please leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts.
0: Yes, please do leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts because it really helps get the word out there about the show. Thank you guys again so much for joining us. We look forward to seeing you next week when we'll delve into a new strength.
1: And that will do it for this week's episode of the Pivot Podcast. Join us next week for a brand new show and another exciting panel. We'll see you then.